Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Under the Radar with me, Sean Hughes. Today's special guest is Steve Bennett, founder of Chortle. That's right, yeah. So what made you start that then? Uh, well, partly, obviously I was a comedy fan. Which you're thought, a huge comedy yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also partly because I was a journalist and I thought I want to get into the So what, were you, what kind of journalism I was you working doing? on local newspapers out in West London. Sorry, that's sort of area. journalism, Steve. Yeah, that's proper journalism. <laughs> no, I look at the local papers when I'm on tour. There's no journalism. Well, the, like 20 years ago, they used to have a... It still was tough. You have a bit of money. You have to do stories and stuff. You're dealing, I mean, that's part of it. Is you're dealing with actual, like, real people. And if you yeah, but it's of, like shit thing. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, we have fish. some of it is. Some of it's like, you know, lost cats and yeah, things like must, that. You must get a call in the morning going, uh, some woman's lost her cat. Can you go and, and talk to yeah, her? Yeah, and you don't. <laughs> I mean, what can you do about that? But yeah. you do. I, I mean, it's, some of it's interesting because it's, you know, people's lives and stuff. And then when you're talking about some comic getting upset because you had a bad review and well, they got a bruised ego. You think, well, sorry, you know, people... You have to be congratulated problem. because Chortle is the biggest kind of comedy website. And for yeah. you to sort that out is quite an achievement. It's, it's persistence, a lot of it, I think, because when I started, there was quite a few others started. In the was sort of, it? It's, a few, it's sort of the end of the dot-com days. Yeah. Because I got signed up about a month after I started it. So when you say you got signed com. up, did you not just start it? No, I started Chortle. Then someone said, we've got some money from the city to launch a, a comedy website. Right. Um, do you want to come and work for us? So I thought, oh, OK. So I gave up my job, my local newspaper job, because Chortle was just a hobby for, yeah. for starters. Went to work for them. They took me to one end of the room and then went bust, like, two months after they started. Because they... you tried to review pretty much every show in Edinburgh as well, don't well, you? Well, it used to be easier. Now. I mean, there's 700-something shows I now. Know. But I'll I, I see, you know, five shows a day for 25, so 26 you, days. So now you nitpick and go, I'm not going to see that. Uh, there's a bit of it. Sometimes you just want to take a punt and go for it. But it's the, the taking a punt pool is so large... But do you look at other reviews and go, oh, that seems to be getting... Um, you try to look at other reviews because you don't want to be influenced too much, but you, you talk, don't you? You, you, you question in is always, what have you seen, what's good? I think, like, uh, <clears throat> like, sometimes you haven't given me the best of reviews, but I actually think you're a very fair reviewer, and I usually agree with what you say. Right. And, so, and you've got a very broad kind of mix of what you like as well, don't you? Yeah, I think because so, you obviously after seeing so many shows, you see, you know, you get a little bit wise to the tricks and and um, you but, know. But you don't tend to give people terrible reviews, do you? Sometimes, I mean, not you, you try and sort of see what people are trying to achieve and whether they've achieved that, rather than going, I don't like clowns, I won't give a clown a good yeah. review, you know. But is there a certain kind of comedy that you don't like? Um. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, something like if, if you look like an old school chubby brown or something, but then, you know, who do you lump in with that? But, like, because that's the thing that, like, you love the kind of stuff like Michael McIntyre as well. Yeah, yeah. Who I would see, and I thought you would see through that a little bit as well, where you kind of go, this is fairly straightforward and. 
Yeah, I'm sort of I'm somewhere in the middle on Macintosh. I know a lot of people just go, I don't like him at all. I think he's, you know, it's, I think he's very talented. The a way lot of people, you know, a lot of people think he's the best thing ever, and you know, who'd never go to a Stuart Lee gig or something. <laughs> They're amazing taxi drivers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think you know, if you look at what he does, he is sometimes amazing at it, mostly pretty he's good. He's very it. good at what he does. Yeah. But then, like, what do you think in general about um, stadium comedy? Oh, it's awful. I mean, that's that's the problem with yeah. the McIntyre gigs. It's not necessarily here. I mean, it's the room you're in. Yeah. Because, you know, comedy is intimacy. You want to feel like you know that person and you want some sort of unpredictability. Things could happen. None of that happens with the stadium. You watch the screen. Yeah. They're, strangely, there is no atmosphere, even though there's 15,000 well, people. Kind of, it's kind of become event comedy, hasn't it? Where people aren't really going to see comedy. They're going to an event. That's right. And if you, if you like, work in an office and you say, oh, who wants to come and see Michael McIntyre, you can probably get a lot of people to come and see him. Yeah. If you want to go, well, who wants to come down to a basement of a pub and see, you know, someone who's brilliant but no one's is, heard of. Is that what you prefer, though? You can't. Generally, yeah. yeah. The, the atmosphere of, of a room that's... You know, maybe not necessarily a pub room because they can be all, yeah. all levels of well, things. But you know, club a of comedy like, is a bit rubbish, isn't it's, it? It's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? But, well, it's just that you got twenty minutes to just talk about, you know, the sheen of things. Right? Yeah, it doesn't give. It's hard to get. I'm, I, that's that's what I'm quite glad's happened in comedy in the last time you know, twenty years I've been doing this, or sixteen years I've been doing this. It's just been moving away from club stuff to many more people doing their one, one man shows, shows one hour yeah. shows. Uh, and that, I think, you know, A, gives the comic a chance to show what they're worth. Dave. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, get into something. And it's a, it's a much more artistic challenge and but like, a few people laughing because for Because you have been doing it for 16-odd years. <clears throat> Do you not kind of slightly get a bit bored with it all now? Not really. I mean, the, perhaps the... Um, tolerance for kind of OK comedy goes down. If you've never seen anything before, you go to a comedy club, it's going to be brilliant kind of whoever's on because it's such a great experience when you see a lot of it you go yeah I've heard all that sort of stuff because what age are you now? Uh, 48 so do you not find like the young comics you just kind of go like they're good technically very good but you're going well they're not really saying anything to me about my life that's true but what what's more kind of uh, not depressing but sort of wrong is they all seem to talk about exactly the same sort of stuff and he sort of feels like a bit, a bit of a mass of this is what comedy is. Is this? It's young men talking about being on the bus type stuff. Which I'm sure when I was young, it was sort of the start you of alternative loved, comedy. Yeah. Well, no, no, I think, well, I think it was more adventurous because I was sort of on the also the peak of alternative comedy just happened. But you know, it still wasn't a career for people, and people were being more adventurous with it. But seeing people like Harry Hills in pubs and things like that at early. Have age. you been doing Edinburgh for sixteen years as well? Uh, yeah, professionally. I mean, I went, I went first time in when I was a student, like in the. Don't you 80s. find like I probably won't do Edinburgh ever again, right? Because I don't think there's any point in me doing it because it's changed totally. It's where Edinburgh, <clears throat> when you started going and I started going, it was about getting a new show together and kind of experimenting, and now it's kids who have got the show totally worked out in the hope of getting television. Well, I think there's some of that, but Edinburgh's so big, it's there's still that experimental stuff as well. Is there? I don't come across it. Yeah, you need to... I mean, you have to take the, take the plunge and hold your nose and go into sort of some of this free-fringe stuff. And which is go, great. Which is a great idea, and a lot of people are doing it. Uh, and that's when you really kind of have to look for word of mouth. 
They're great. Do you know Spencer Jones? He's a brilliant sort of prop physical comedy. I haven't, no. And he's come up through doing a couple of... He's done three for the last couple of years, and then there's an amazing, funny show. He's going to be... You know, if he gets it right, it'll be Mr Bean. He's a huge, you know... Yeah, there's a know. there's an Irish comic. I don't know if you've heard of him, Al Porter. Oh yeah, he's, he's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, isn't he? If he stops talking about every joke being taken up the ass, yeah. <laughs> but you know you can't. But apparently yeah. the housewives in Ireland just love him. I can see that. Yeah, but he's such a force of personality. Yeah. He's so likable. Uh, yeah, again in a tiny room in the Gilded Balloon, he just energizes it. Yeah. And, you know, he's, yeah, I mean for me, Edinburgh will kind of probably always be the place because everyone is doing that hour and they are you know again because i can pick and choose in fact you're not so bothered by someone doing their fourth observational hour but you know um, i'm not blowing my own trumpet but you know i started the whole doing a theme oh really at edinburgh what show was that with the one i won the Perrier for okay and then after that everyone started going oh this is how you win the award Mm. and so i have to take the blame (laughs) for people having to go um this year i'm talking about courgettes you know, for an hour. Well, it should be just be good for an hour. Yeah. I find, I find, I don't know if you find this, where a lot of club acts uh, are rubbish over an hour because the rhythm is all the same. Yeah. And for an hour, you need to change the rhythm. That's kind of what I wonder what happened before. I'm not, I mean, the, the theme thing is good and bad. It's, yeah, you sometimes kinda, you can see people say, oh, I must put a theme in here and I yeah. must do a callback. And I'm, you know, it's just, that's just mechanical and it doesn't help. But to have something to talk about for an hour broadly is... Well, that's why it holds like, the attention, doesn't one it? One of the uh, best shows I saw, and I'm sure you saw it, was uh, Kim Noble's last show. Yeah, yeah. That was phenomenal. Even though I wouldn't call it comedy. It, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> but it was brilliant, though. Yeah, and it's, it's always also slightly weird to recommend it because it was so transgressive and yeah. so sort of, I really don't think I approve of what he's doing here, but it's Well, I could so do it without the nudity and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the, the sort of when he goes into the real world and starts yeah. messing with people's lives, you know, I'm not sure that's... But so, like, who would you say that you've seen that people won't know about that you think is brilliant? Uh, I mean, yeah, Kim Noble's up there, obviously Kits, and if people know these things, yeah. so Spencer Jones, I think, is probably my most recent... And So you said person. he's kind of physical clownish. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does lots of... It's, whenever you describe it, it sounds awful because it's props and he gets a lot of sort of cheap stuff from the pound shop and makes devices from it. Um, a bit like but, Boy With Tape. But it? yeah, it's, very, it's kind of like Boy With Tape on Space, but without the audience because yeah. Boy With Tape on Space always gets someone up to sort of see, play the game. That's the weird thing when I... Like, you know, I like him as a guy, but when I watch that show and see him getting standing ovations, I just go... I don't understand this. Really? I don't understand why people are liking this so much. Oh, because I, I think that's great. But that's because you it's like... It's a taste of play. Oh, you, 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 like narrow in, of... you narrow in your point of view. You want yeah, yeah. to be... Well, the only comedy I like is people who talk the truth. Right. So anyone who's doing jokes yeah. or physical stuff, I just go, I appreciate it, but not for me. Because he's not... No agenda for something. Like you know, it's, it's, it's a truth to him. It's, it comes across as sort of a naive. I'm talking about Spencer or it, Boy Tape. You know, I haven't it. seen Spencer, but but Boy Tape, I just go like it's, it's more. He doesn't annoy me. The audience annoys me right. by how much they like it. <laughs> and I'm just going. I don't understand what you like, and there's people so much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get that because people often say to me, though, do you, you must? What do you do if you don't agree with the audience in your review? Yeah. You sort of have to acknowledge it, but sometimes it winds you up because either you go, why the hell are you laughing at yeah. this? This is awful. Or you go, come on, people, this is brilliant. You should be laughing at this. So if you don't agree with the audience, you acknowledge it in the review. But then. But now, are you actually making money from Chortle now? Yeah? I mean, a bit, yeah. I mean, it pays, not it pays, much. It pays me mortgage. 
So. so is there any way you can make more money out of it? I don't, I don't th- we have things like um, like a student award where you go in a country yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes that gets sponsored and that makes you know, a big difference. But, so say someone like The Guardian said, we want you to become a comedy reviewer, would you stop Chortle and do that? Um, I, I would imagine there's not enough money being a Guardian's comedy reviewer either. Well, I think... So what's I his name? David... Lacey, um, um, Brian Logan, oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, that's all he does. But he so does he no, must... he does because he does some of their theatre stuff, and he does his own theatre company as well. I, I think. don't think he does anymore. I think that went under. Oh, his own theatre company. Yeah. Oh, okay. As far as I'm I aware. think, I think you know the way journalism is these days. You have to dabble, and yeah. I mean, I, I would but, write for them, but I'd also say I need to keep this going too. And let's say, we're... but you don't get asked, no. Not really. I've run a few. You know. Well, that's a bit odd because, as I say, I do think you're a very fair journalist, and you know your stuff. Even though I have to tell the people, when I rang Steve up to come on here, <laughs> I said, did you see my show? And he went, wasn't as good as your last one. I was going, I didn't... Hey, I you didn't ask what I thought. I didn't just I did, just I offer did, that. I did not, Steve. <laughs> you did. I said, did you see my show? And he <laughs> okay. went, not as good as the last oh, one. Oh, dear. That I didn't go, what, what did you think? <laughs> and it's, that's the, the weird thing about me, and I think comics of a certain age, is uh, if I know it's a good show, I don't care what yeah, people write. Yeah. But it's... Because weirdly, when I started comedy... Um, I was like 17, and uh, I was told you don't really get good till you're about 45. And now that's totally changed, isn't it? They just kind of discard the older guys. Yes. Do you think that was the correct advice, though? I think so, because I think you've got more to talk about. Like, the reason I do comedy is, you know, I was 14 uh, in Dublin watching the telly, and I saw a Richard Pryor concert, yeah. and I just went, this is what I want to do. And he would have been about 50 at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, as I say, like, um, with 20-year-olds, they've nothing to say to me. That doesn't mean they're not good or bad, but, like, a 20-year-old has nothing to tell me about my life. Yeah. I mean, you must feel the same. Yeah, as I do, I do this student competition, so I'm going around seeing 20-year-old yeah. people, which like, starts next week. And I'm have so that must be a bit weird for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not their target audience, I guess, but you can see... I think you can see who's got something extra... So I, I don't think talking about your own life is enough to be a comic in some ways. You know, well, what else can you talk about? You need to have a, you need to have a bigger view. Whether the, if you're young, maybe it has to be no, something like, critical. You will have a view, but that is still your life. Yeah, yeah. And like they're your views as you've got to that part of your life. It's not like all about like you know. And yesterday I did this and I bought some cauliflower. You know, that's boring. But yeah. I just find, uh, you know, what I love is uh, what, when I do my shows now. Pretty much uh, the audience are all ages, but I much prefer people who are my age because yeah, yeah. then I know we have a similar sensibility. Yeah. And that's what I mean when you're watching students, you must be going, well, I'm looking at their techniques and stuff. But yeah. Then if you see 100 of them, you'll, you'll find 10 that stand yeah. out, whatever they're, whether they're talking about their lives or whether they're talking, you know, being surreal or doing clowning, whatever. That, that, you'll, you'll see the ones that are doing it well, whatever yeah, they're doing, they're yeah. doing it well. Well, also, I think there's two kinds of comics as well. You've got your natural ones and the ones who have actually written jokes. Yeah. And you can probably see through that straight away, can't you? Yeah, I mean, with the, with the newer ones, I, I'd much rather see someone who can write well but can't perform. You know, really Knowing they will eventually. Yeah, because they'll have to learn how to perform, otherwise, or they'll, or they'll disappear off the face of the earth. The ones that are sort of confident, got the swagger, got the sort of sense, but no writing, they'll coast along doing that for a long time, but they'll kind of probably get stuck doing that. And they think, Yeah, but it's weird, like... You know, there's someone like him. One of my favourite comics of all time is Norm MacDonald, the mm-hmm. Canadian guy. If you looked at his material written down, 
it's fairly bland. Yeah. But the way he performs it, it is, of course, the combination. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, so I think that should come first, where that natural ability to say nonsense is comedy. Yeah. But you're saying the other way I'm around. I'm saying, well, a lot, I think, especially with, with new comics, a lot of people have got the ability to sort of hold a room. Yeah. Um, just to, t- you know, I'm talking about over five minutes as well, not like long periods of time, but to sort of just feel like they're okay talking to people. Uh, but if they haven't got anything to back it up, you go, well, that doesn't seem like a comedy skill. That seems like a like public speaking skill. But Whereas you- if you've got some great material and they're sort of looking nervously and shopping your shoes and going, you say, oh, you could bring that material out. But do you not find that you've probably heard all, all the jokes now? I mean, you still still get surprised. You know, there's a lot Who's of stuff surprising you now, then? Um, well, the, the guy won our student award two years ago called Jamali Maddox. He was great. He's like a young black kid, and he sort of he's, he just felt like a new voice. Yeah. Again, talking about what he knows, and which doesn't, you know, he's twenty five years, thirty years younger than me, and not at all, no, nothing similar at all. But you say, oh, I'm interested in what you got to say. Well, no, that, that's interesting that you actually mentioned uh, a black kid as well, because it's still comedy. It's quite white. It's very white. It's, it's strange, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a black circuit, I know. as you know. And I mean, I've not gone to too many of those gigs, but it tends to be more about the hype and the sort of energy. And the, yeah. And then, you know, a few people are starting to make the make the sort of transition now, yeah. I think. You know, I just I think. wish there was more. Yeah, like, like Dane Baptiste is very good. He's made that transition. Yeah. And I love Romish as well. I yeah, yeah. He's it's great. brilliant that he's yeah. doing so well. Like, yeah. There's because he, it is like, you know, just... It's so annoying because the audiences are all white as well. Yeah. Because, again, from remembering how, where comedy came from, it did seem to be more more sort of grassrootsy, more like the non-sexist, non-racist thing, and yeah. that seemed to be reflected in the audiences as well. There seemed to be much more mixed audience, but it seems to have gone to be back to being compartmentalised again. I tell you a thing that I found interesting on my last tour is um, with audiences, is if you bring up a subject matter which is contentious, no matter what you're saying about it, they back off and right. don't want to laugh. Do you not find that happening? Yeah, I've definitely noticed that, that people just will gone, just hear, hear a word, yeah. I mean, especially if it's a word like rape or something. Yeah. Whatever the context, whatever that you're saying, wherever the joke lies, it's, you can't talk about that. I know, it's weird, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Kind of it's like self-censorship, in a sense. Yeah. I'll tell you what I've had to do for the first time this year with the students. I've had to get everyone to sign a form saying I won't say anything... What, because they've started to? Yeah. Well, no, because of this sort of safe space, you know, movement. You know this thing where uh-huh. we want our university to be a safe space so you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't be subjected to, you know, language and ideas that you won't... But that's... There's no platforming. That's you know, terrible. You, you should, so you shouldn't invite, you know, Katie um, uh, Hopkins yeah. uh, to say her awful stuff. Yeah, but I don't like anything she says, but she's got every right to say Absolutely, it. yeah, that's sort of the debate. And the thing about the, the Rhodes statue in Oxford, you see that? That, that sort no. of Rhodes, the old sort of Victorian uh, person who set up all of South Africa and, you know, colonialised students. So we don't, don't like that anymore. We must take, us, take the statues down. Yeah, no, so it's a big sort of movement. That's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a place to say, put this guy in context, and you don't have to agree with what, you know... But it, it is a thing of, uh, like, you know, I don't think anyone in this day and age would do, you know, racist stuff anyway. I just think the sensibility isn't there. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless they've popped into the wrong room. Because we sometimes just have a comic whose joke is it's like a funny foreign accent. Yeah. And I sometimes, I bristle at that perhaps more sometimes the audience do. They'll go, oh, that's fine, it's a funny Indian accent. 
I know, but that's what I mean. And it's probably not really. It's fine. It's just, I think that's on me. I think that's not because the intent wasn't racist. It was just that I remember the. But guys would you from be thinking that when you're reviewing, going, "Oh, that was a bit dodgy." Right sometimes, there, so. I, sometimes I would say it. Yeah. Because I think you know, if the, if, the, if the only joke is, you know, my mum sounds like a stereotypical Indian, you know, what is really the joke apart yeah. from taking the piss out of the accent? But yeah, but <laughs> that's the thing. Like you know, you see so much comedy. How many nights a week do you go to comedy? I go to maybe three or four nights. So I, mean, I reckon I, 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 I take it, it you're not married, have no kids. I'm getting married this year, <laughs> so that'll, <laughs> that'll be out the that'll window, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And does she go to comedy with you then? Uh, sometimes. She, she doesn't, not all the time. You know. How long have you been with her then? Uh, four years. And where, did you meet at a comedy show? No, no, we met online. Online? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sex, dude. <laughs> Tinder, was it? No, it was, um, um, I don't know, one of the ones you had to pay. Wasn't you paid one. for it? Paid for it. I paid, I paid for a woman. <laughs> and how did you describe yourself? Fair it was reviewer. A, yeah, yeah. I gave myself five stars. <laughs> But so well, congratulations Thank on you. that as well. But um, so you'll probably slow down a bit because I know you have a couple of other people help out as well. Don't um, at Edinburgh, there's a couple more people. Yeah. Um, I, I did have a sort of assistant, but the money didn't didn't last for that. So, but like, do you people not get can... ads and stuff on it? Yeah, yeah, we get some ads, but it's just tough. It's, it's but you are good. you are like... we get like yeah, one hundred and eighty thousand you know people a month or so. Yeah. So there is there is a there is a worth in that, and you can and it's quite hard work as well because you kind of list every show. Yeah, yeah, that's, as that's, well. that's the that's the the bulk of the work. It's just like kind of listings probably. So it's listings and then uh, pretty much reviews, reviews and news. Yeah, I'm gonna be quick on the news. And where do you get your news from? Uh, either people tell me or you sort of spot things. But it sounds like quite a lot of work. It bloody is, yeah. <laughs> but, like, as I say, it's also that thing of, do you get um, comics coming up to you giving you a hard time if you've given them a bad review? Sometimes. It's actually got less, I think, as time's gone on because people sort of see where you're coming from. And like you say, hope that I'm at least fair and will say yeah. what worked and what didn't work. I think at the start I got a bit of grief, especially from the club-type comics. I do go and see clubs sometimes yeah. as well. And it'd be someone who could sort of smash a jungle in twenty minutes, and then this guy, which is not a bad, which, which is a which is a talent. It's a skill. It definitely is a skill. Like we had uh, John Fothergill in the other day, and uh, like he's done the same twenty minutes for like yeah, twenty yeah. years. But it's a brilliant twenty minutes. Yeah, and uh, like to me, it feels a little bit like an office job because to me, it's all about doing new stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like you just can't knock the fact that he can smash a room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think, especially at the start, people didn't know who I was, and they go, well, who's this guy? He's just saying, you know, I only, you I only ever get applause. You don't really slag people off, though. I don't think so. I mean, I have to, you know... No, as I say, you'll kind of go, that wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. But you don't slag them off. I'd hope not, like, it's hard, isn't it? Because I hope I wouldn't do it personally, but if they show, you think it's... You get one-star reviews sometimes, and you go, this was awful, it was a whole waste of stuff. There's normally something... Deeply unpleasant about it, or something. I think. Yeah. But, um, but it, it's hard to separate with comedy. One thing it's hard to separate the artist from the art because you're putting so much of you well, out there. I think the thing you probably don't realise is com- comedians are very sensitive, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why we do comedy. Yeah. It's kind of uh, a mask in that sense of, like you know, it's that weird thing. I can only talk about myself, but like when I go on stage, it's me, but it's a different part of me. Yeah. You know, I can be in the dressing room like this, just talking like this, and then they go, you're on, and something kicks in, and yeah. I become someone slightly different. And uh, 
And, like, it's just that weird thing of... Uh, it's, it's also that thing of when people get things factually wrong about your show. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't drink caffeine, and uh, some guy did a review saying, oh, and then he did this bit about getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee. I'm just going, you're just making this shit up. Right. But do you have to be very careful with that? Because you see, especially at Edinburgh, you see so many shows. Yeah, you, you have. You've taken notes all the time. You have also, you, it's writing notes in the dark. You come back and go, what the hell I does know. that mean? You've well, written the same line over four. Yeah, so I, a lot of time you're trying to unpick it and try to remember and it. And do you try also, because I think comics hate is when people put their gags in yeah, their yeah. views. So you have to be careful not to. Yeah, I mean, especially because we've sort of an industry site as well as the public site. Yeah, I don't put. Mostly I'll put on something if I think it's a terrible joke. Right. <laughs> it doesn't deserve to live. And then you go, this is hot. And yeah, occasionally you have to, but generally you don't want to put. So what's the next show you've got to see then, Steve Bennett? Uh, I don't know. I was supposed to go to Leicester tomorrow night, but I think that's got cancelled, so I don't know now. But, um, but, like, Edinburgh's still your main focus every year. Yeah, right? I mean, some of the reasons I'm not going to Leicester so much is that people say, oh, it's, I'm still working on this show, yeah. and it's still, you know, which is fair enough. But also, you think, well, your shows, if your whole festival's built on lots of people working their shows out... And you've started going to, to Australia as well, haven't you? Yeah, I go to Melbourne most yeah. years now. Yeah. Do you get paid for that? Uh, they help me out. They're right. sort of getting across there. Um, what, so, like, what, your bags and stuff? <laughs> yeah, they carry my bags. No, just with the you know, airfare and stuff. And do you like it over there? Yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, that's that's kind of like anywhere people doing their hour-long shows. But it's uh, usually last year's shows, though, isn't it? Well, no, for the, for the locals, for the, yeah, for, the, yeah. uh, for, the uh, for the Australian people. Right, so we're going to finish, but who is your favourite comic? You can leave me out of the equation. OK, um, it would be either Stuart Lee or Daniel Kitson, which is kind of a predictable thing yeah. for current comics, you know. I haven't seen Stuart in the last year, but I do love his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kitson's a godlike. Absolutely, uh, yeah. But have you always liked them? Have you always been behind them? Yeah, I think... Have you, have you seen Kitson do a bad gig? Mm, no, I don't think I have. Come on. Because, I mean, obviously, of late, they're all sort of very written, theatrical-type pieces. And I've seen him sort of do late and live where it's knockabout, but he... Yeah. I think it was... It's a shame he doesn't do that anymore. I miss him doing that. Weirdly, doing drunken crowd stuff. One, one late in life, <laughs> it was me, Kitson, Johnny Vegas, and someone else on stage at the same time, yeah. being a pretend band, <laughs> and we were just all drunk. Yeah, but it was uh, it was fun times. But so and so, right? You're saying they're your favourite son. Besides the Stanley guy, who should people look out for? Um... I say I look out for Jamali. Jamali Maddox, the guy who won the student thing. Right. I mentioned so is he on the club circuit? Yeah, now? he's on the club circuit. Yeah, he's um, you know, got an agent and all that, so he's around quite he's a lot. Got an agent? Yeah, he got an agent off the back of the student thing. Yeah. And so your student thing starts next week. Yeah, yeah. And well, what's the prize for that? That's a grand. Out of your own pocket. Out of my own pocket. Yeah. Steve, listen, I think you do a service to the uh, comedy industry. Thank you. Just give me more stars <laughs> next time, OK, and stop slagging me off. Uh, you've been listening to uh, Steve Bennett, my guest today. I've been Sean Hughes. You've been listening to Under the Radar. Keep on going to live comedy, folks. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 